My name is John J. Davis. I currently live in Colorado. I'm in a city called Colorado Springs with my wife and kids. And my story started when I was 21 years old. So it's, it's been a number of years, but something that happened to me I, after I had my near-death experience, I didn't come back with any particular abilities or gifts, but I, the one thing I did come back with was a hundred percent recall of every single thing that I experienced, everything I saw, everything somebody told me, I was able to remember that. And I, I attribute that to God because I have a really normally not a very good memory. Like I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but with this, with my story, I remember it like it happened yesterday. So my, my memory of this is, I, I think I was given this memory to be able to share it with as many people as I, as I possibly can. That, that's what I was called to do. Well, what, how, how this all started was I had an accident and I was on a moped and I ran into a tree. I crashed into a tree and the way I landed is I tore the tendons off my hand. So I had to go in for surgery to have them reattached. Well, I had never had surgery before. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I, I just knew that they were gonna put me under to fix, attach, reattach the tendons. So the day of the surgery, I go to the hospital and they start to give me the anesthesia. And I, I don't know why this happened, but I had some kind of an allergic reaction to the anesthesia and it stopped my heart. And I officially was dead for seven minutes. And what happened was this whole amazing saga of being on the other side. Well, what happened is as soon as I died, my heart stopped. The very next thing that I remember is I was standing in the most beautiful building I had ever seen. And it was huge. It was, as, I couldn't even see the end of this building. It was so long. And my very, my very first thought was, I had no idea the hospital was this big. I had no idea what was going on. And I was standing in this building and a gentleman was off to my left. And he said to me, my name is Alan. I'm your spirit guide. And what happened, Kevin, is he took me on this whirlwind tour of the other side. I don't know how else to describe it. And every place he took me to, he took me to the outside first so I could see what this building looked like. And then he took me to the inside of the building. So that's how this whole thing started. And at the, and at the time this happened, I had no idea what a spirit guide was. I was raised a, a Catholic and I had no idea what I was seeing. So I just went along with everything he took me to. And I, it didn't occur to me until a day or so after what had actually happened, where I was. So here's, here's how this unfolded. The building that I was in, and he told me where I was every time he took me somewhere. So he told me I was in the orientation building. 
And what it was, was a long, long corridor building. On the right-hand side were these beautiful white marble columns. I mean, gorgeous, huge marble columns all the way down as far as you could see. When you looked down, you could see these columns about 10, 15 feet apart. To the very left of me in this building were these, and the only way I can describe them is like they were tunnels, doorways. And they it looked like a like a like an ordinary door, like the door behind you, like that door. It looked like that, but it would they were about five feet um in length or, or five feet in width and about seven and a half, eight feet tall. And again, all the way down next to each one of these tunnels. In the center of this room were tables. Again, beautiful. For some reason, they used a lot of marble. I don't know why, but it was it was absolutely beautiful. And there were two people sitting at each one of these tables. Again, they went down as far as you could see. So when you looked to your left, you saw these tunnels. When you looked in the middle, you saw these tables. And off to the right, you saw these beautiful white marble columns. Well, what these doorways they looked they looked dark they were they looked black like you couldn't see anything in there so my guide told me he said go look inside the closest door to you so i walked over and i looked in and i could see it was like looking in space i could see stars i could see galaxies it was beautiful and again all the way down and he told me he said to look at the next tunnel. So I looked at the next one and all of a sudden a man came through and I'll explain what, what my guide told me this in, in a second, but a man came through and he was elderly. He was an elderly gentleman and he was clutching his heart, clutching his chest. And my guide said he died from a heart attack. Well, I begin to realize, and, and again, this whole this whole time he was telling me what I was seeing, what I was experiencing. He told me that this man on the earth had died from a heart attack. And what happens is people come through these tunnels and they end up in the orientation center. And it was very different than what you hear about a typical near-death experience. You know, the typical story is that the person sees their body, they get out of their body and they see a white light and they go in the tunnel to the white light. Well, I skipped all that. Somehow I ended up on the other side of the white light. Well, what's on the other side of the white light is the orientation center. So people come through these tunnels and they meet with what are called orientation counselors. In every one of these tables, all the way down this building had the orientation counselor sitting there. And their job is to help people who are coming back from a lifetime remember where they came from. That's their whole purpose, to help educate people, to reorientate people back to the other side, back to our real home. Well, this man came through, the woman stood up, she walked over and she took his hands in hers and she led him back to the table and they sat down. And my guide was telling me that 
she was telling him, you know, you just finished a lifetime, you completed your life on earth, and now you're back home again. And my guide told me to watch this man carefully. So I was watching him and right in front of my eyes, as she was talking to him, he changed from an elderly man back to a man in his early 30s. And for some reason, and again, I don't know why this is, but everybody on the other side is in their 30s. So this, and again, this was called the orientation center. And everybody goes through this. Everybody comes through these tunnels into the orientation center when they, when they die on the earth. Well, he stood up after he changed back to being 30 years old, he stood up and he walked to the right and he walked down these three steps into these, all I can describe them as they were like gardens, beautiful ornate gardens with green grass and the most beautiful flowers and plants and trees you could ever imagine. It was just gorgeous. And what happens is once you come out of that orientation center, you have a reunion and everybody has this. And what it is, is every person in your lifetime that crossed before you did meets you there. It's your, whether it was your parents, if, if you had kids that passed, if you, you know, friends that have passed, everyone's on the other side waiting for you to congratulate you on your lifetime. And for some reason, it's a really big deal to have a lifetime on earth. And I learned this, and I think the reason is because it's so hard here. So when you finish a lifetime, it they treat it like it's a celebration. You finished your life, you accomplished what you set out to accomplish, you're back on the other side now, and everybody is is there to, they're, they're hugging you, they're telling you what a good job you did, and it's what's called orientation. And everybody has that, it was absolutely beautiful. So that's, that's the first place he took me to, was the orientation. And I think he took me to these different places in order of what actually happens when a person crosses over. So the next thing, after you have the reunion in what I call the gardens, they take you to, and you, you've probably heard this before and, and your listeners have probably heard this before too, but you have uh, a life review Everybody goes through what is called a life review when they finish their lifetime and they come back. And he took me to a building. And again, it was it was beautiful white marble. On the outside were columns. Again, these beautiful white marble columns in a big rectangle building. And they took me to the inside. And inside, I was in this round room. And the only thing I can describe it is, was like a, 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 like a theater, like you go to see a movie. And the round building had screens, movie screens all along the top in a big circle. And my guide said, this is your life review. And all of a sudden, each screen started playing like it, like it was a movie. And what it was, it was different episodes of my lifetime, starting as an infant. And I could see myself on each screen in a different area of my life at that time. 
So one screen had me as a toddler. The other screen was showing me as an adolescent. Another screen showed me as elementary school. Another screen showed me what I was like in junior high and high school, but it didn't portray anything that was gonna happen in my future because at the time I was only 21. So it only showed me episodes of my life at up to age 21. And I realized that everybody has a life review to find out if they accomplished what they set out to accomplish. Did you reach the goals you had for yourself? Did you become the person you hoped to become? Did you learn what you wanted to learn? And that's the purpose of a life review. So that was the building he took me to. The next one he took me to was again, a rectangle building, beautiful marble, again, white columns out front. Uh, but this one was a little bit different. What, what it was, was a building. And again, it was like a, inside was like a theater. This one only had one screen in the front of the building, in the front of the room. And he told me, you can, he, he told me that we have past lifetimes. And as I was listening to all of this, as he was talking to me, that was something that was really difficult for me to grasp is the idea of having past lifetimes because I was raised Catholic and that's not anything that's ever talked about. So he showed me on this movie screen, three different lifetimes that I'd had. One was of a monk. I was a monk. I had a shaved head. I was wearing a red gown or some kind of a robe and it was in a monastery. And my job in that lifetime was to teach kids about the monastery, being a monk. The other life he showed me was of a, of a shoe peddler. I had a wheelbarrow and I was pushing a wheelbarrow down a cobble street and I had shoes in the wheelbarrow. And my job in that community or that town was to fix people's shoes. And I would push this wheelbarrow around to different people and I would drop off their shoes after I fixed them. Well, the third life he showed me was of a fisherman. And I had a, a little wooden boat and I had a net. And my job was to catch fish for that community that I lived in. So he showed me three different lifetimes with the idea for me to tell other people after I got back that past lifetimes really are real. We do have them. So that was that building. The next place he took me to, and this was probably one of the most beautiful buildings that he showed me. It was a circular building and it had a dome on the top and it had round, it had, it had again the marble columns all around the building in a circle, absolutely beautiful. And it was huge. It was absolutely ginormous, ginormous building. He took me in and this building, and I, again, I don't know why this is, but it's a building that we go to anytime we plan a lifetime. We go to this building and we have our spirit guides that work with us and help us plan our lifetimes. So I walked in and there was a, again, it was all made of beautiful white marble and there was a white marble table. And on this table were two scrolls. 
one was wrapped in blue ribbon and the other one was wrapped in red ribbon. So I walked over and I picked up the scroll and I, un I took off the ribbon and I folded out this scroll. And it, what it looked like was like papyrus paper, like they had in ancient Egypt. It looked like a, like a papyrus kind of scroll. And as I looked at it, it was all in calligraphy beautiful writing you know you know remember the kind of writing where you take a, a pen dip it in the ink and write it yeah. out it, it looked just like that but when i tried to read it all of a sudden the scroll folded back up again and they told me that i cannot read the future because it would interfere with what goals i had set for my lifetime and the reason they showed me this was to tell me that a lifetime is something that is planned. None of us come into a life as a random accident. Our lives are planned in terms of what race we want to be, what country do we want to live in, what education are we going to have, what are we going to do for a living, what kind of career are we going to have, what kind of education do we want to go to college, and all of these things are actually planned in a lifetime and we chart them out. We actually write down the things that we want to achieve. Well, at right about that time, I looked over to my left and on the left of this, of this building was an enormous window and the window overlooked a lake and it was the most beautiful lake I had ever seen. It looked like glass and there were weeping willow trees that were all around the perimeter of this lake. You know how the weeping willow trees have their leaves that come down? The leaves yeah. were all in the water. They were just sitting in the water. It, it looked like a painting. It was just gorgeous. And there was a walkway outside this building. And there were people walking back and forth. And this is the first time that I really saw a lot of people. And every kind of race, every ethnicity, every body type, tall, short, um, and people were wearing different color gowns. And I asked, in my mind, I asked, why are people wearing gowns? And my guide said, because those are the most comfortable. But you can wear anything you want over there. There were people who were wearing jeans and t-shirts, and other people were wearing these tunics that you'd think looked like the kind of things they wore in ancient Greece. So that was when I saw people for the first time and there's a, a lot of activity over there. People are busy doing things, going places, learning. So that was the building where we we plan our lifetime. Excuse me. The next building he took me to looked like, again, he took me to the outside and again, it looked like a stadium, like you'd see like, like you'd go see a soccer game or a football game. It was a huge stadium. So then he took me on the inside and the inside were thousands of seats. And this place was empty. I was the only person in that building, thousands of seats. And what it was, I was in a planetarium. Do you, do you know what a planetarium is? Uh, not really. Not really, okay. What, what a planetarium is, is you can go to this place and you can look up at the ceiling and it's a rounded ceiling and they can show you different star systems and they can show you planets 
So like if you wanted to go to a museum, like in, in the States, they have planetariums where you can actually go and they'll show you what the planets look like on the ceiling. Well, that's what this building was, but it was on the other side. And the, the gentleman behind me and his job was, he was like the caretaker of this planetarium. He was the one that ran the different shows that they show on the top of the ceiling. And he said, let's begin. And I didn't see him because he was behind me, but I could hear him. He said, let's begin. And all of a sudden the lights went off and I sat down in one of these chairs. And all of a sudden it went completely black and then stars started showing up. And he said to me, when you look at the stars, this is what you see. And what he was telling me was that when we look at the stars, meaning everybody on Earth, this is what we see. And he started showing our solar system, our planets like Jupiter showed up, then Mars, then Uranus, then Neptune and Saturn. And what he meant was that our knowledge, where we are evolutionary wise, our technology, we think of the stars as our solar system. Well, then he said, when we look at the stars, meaning people who were on the other side, people who have already crossed over, said, this is what we see. So he said, when we look at the stars, this is what we see. And all of a sudden, planet after planet started showing up on the ceiling. Red planets, brown, blue, green, all these different planets that were First, there were dozens, then hundreds, then thousands, and then millions of planets. And he said, there is far more life in the universe than you can possibly imagine. And the reason that my guide showed me this was to tell me that Earth is not the only planet where you can have lifetimes. There are millions and millions of planets in the universe that we can go to experience lifetimes. It's not just Earth. And that absolutely was, I think, probably one of my most favorite parts of my near-death experience was realizing that, oh my gosh, Earth is not the only inhabited planet. There are millions. And when you think about it, you think about how large the universe really is. It makes perfect sense. Of course, Earth isn't the only planet. So anyway, that was that was absolutely, I think, one of my most favorite parts. So that was the uh, the planetarium. The next place he took me to uh, looked like the Supreme Court building in the United States in Washington D.C. And I don't know if you know what this building looks like, but it's it's the building that has the slanted roof like a um, like a Greek building. And again, it had the white marble columns, but instead of going down the side, the columns were just in front, just in front of the building. And there were probably 30 or 40 steps that you'd have to walk up to get to the top of the building where you can walk in. Well, I, I went in and I didn't know what it was looking at from the outside, but when I got inside, it was a library, absolutely beautiful, ornate and the, the bookcases 
were probably 20 or 30 feet high. And as far down as you could see were just books, um, bookshelves, and there were people, again, studying, reading, um, visiting. It was just a gorgeous, gorgeous, huge library. Well, my guide took me to an area on the left-hand side and what he took me to they were they were rooms just like we have study rooms in modern libraries where you can go in you can study and close the door they had these rooms on the left hand side and they were probably maybe 10 feet by 15 feet just like a maybe a the size of a of a bedroom someone's bedroom and there was a girl there was a woman sitting there with her back towards me in this room she had jet black hair long down to her waist and she was wearing like a purple gown and she was watching what at the time like nowadays we would say was a flat screen tv well back then it was 1987 we didn't have flat screen televisions we had a huge enormous these huge screens that were tvs but this one looked like a flat screen tv maybe 50 inches it was it was a large like a large TV and she was watching a video and my guide told me she was watching history. Well, what it was, she was watching a battle that took place 200 years ago with the Native American Indians and the U.S. Cavalry, what they called the Plains Indian Wars here in the U.S. Well, she was watching a battle that took place that in, in actually what unfolded, how it, and, I, and I, I thought to myself, how is that possible? We didn't have video cameras back then. Well, my guide said to me, everything is recorded. And I, it just absolutely blew my mind. Somehow our lifetimes, events in history are recorded. So you can go to the other side and you can learn about things that happened in the past. And that's, Kevin, when I started to realize that we are hardwired from God to be creatures of learning. We want to always learn, always develop, always grow. And so the other side is full of ways to learn, just like you come into a lifetime to learn you can still learn on the other side. So that was the library. And anything you wanna learn about, if you wanna learn about World War II, or you wanna learn about um, the Titanic disaster, or you wanna anything you wanna learn about, you can go to these different rooms in this library and actually see what these people saw, what they experienced. So that was the library. The next building he took me to <clears throat> was a castle. You know how castles looked back in medieval Europe and England, and I don't think they have castles in Canada, do they? Uh, I have not seen any. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think so. So mostly these castles are are in Europe, like England, France, Scotland. And my guide said everything is duplicated on Earth as on the other side. So any kind of famous building or structure is on the other side. And again, I think that's just for learning. 
so anyway he took me to this castle and it was gorgeous a beautiful large marble castle just like they were built back then 400 500 years ago out of stone but he told me to walk in and as i walked in there was a beautiful red ornate carpet all along the inside of this castle and on the left hand side and on the right hand side of these walls were they were paintings life-size paintings of the royalty who had lived in those castles during that time period so for example the king let's say king charles or king george for example there would be a painting of him full size with what he looked like 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 someone had taken a picture and and they were dressed in the different types of clothes that they wore back then and all the way down these walls were these um life-size paintings of what these people looked like and in front of each painting was a podium and on the podium was a book well if you wanted to learn about a particular his about a particular period of history during this time in europe you could go to this castle and you could look at the person who lived there what they looked like what they dressed like and the book that was on that podium it's a book about that person's life everything about their childhood what kind of a king they were or what kind of a queen they were and you could flip through this book and see what they did in that lifetime well right about then there was a woman who was coming down a stairwell you know how in castles they had circular stairways that led up to the different floors yeah well there was a woman that was coming down the stairwell and she had strawberry blonde hair and she was wearing kind of a reddish pinkish kind of gown and she walked up to me she walked up to me and she said and this this was the the only person that spoke to me other than my guide and she said to me can i help you find anything and when i look back on that 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 experience she could see me so my soul was on the other side and she could see what i looked like and you know what i said to her instead of saying you know what where am i what's going on what's happening to me i was supposed to be having surgery why am i here where where is this place and you know what i said to her when she said to me can I help you find anything? I said, no thanks, I'm just looking. Like what you do when you go into a store. Yeah. And I, I, cause I, I didn't know what else to say to her. Well, my guide told me that on the other side, people can, people work, but they don't work like we have to work here to pay bills and pay your rent or pay for groceries or utilities. That's only here on earth. On the other side, people work at things that they love to do so this girl that came up to me my god explained that she was a historian of that particular time of earth's history so if you wanted to learn about what life was like in a castle during that time in medieval england all you had to do was go to this castle and you could talk to her and she could tell you everything about life 
at that time period on earth. And anything that you want to do, anything that you love to do here, you can do on the other side. If you want to go swimming in the ocean, you can do that. If you want to cook, you can do that. If you want to go for a bike ride or go camping or go to a music festival or anything you love to do, you can do on the other side. It's absolutely a, a paradise. Here was the last part. After my guide took me to all these different places, he took me to a, a field and it was the most beautiful field I can ever describe. It was like a wildflower field, beautiful flowers and grasses. And all of a sudden my guide left and I was standing there by myself. And all of a sudden, a man showed up in front of me. And I knew in my soul that it was Jesus. And he said to me, he, he, he spoke to me and he said, you must tell them there is no death. And right then, the second he said that, I was back in my body and I woke up on the operating table. And that's when I said to the, and they were, they were working on me. They had actually had the pet, the, the paddles out and were shocking me back to life. And I said, what just happened? And I, I thought he'd be able to tell me where you were, what, where, what happened, what you experienced. But he said, we lost you, you died. And I said, how long was I gone? Cause it, it felt like I was there for an hour on the other side with everything they had showed me. But the surgeon said, no, you were gone for seven minutes. We brought you back. And so it took me about a day and a half to kind of remember what had happened and to realize that, oh my gosh, I had what they now call a near-death experience. Back in the 80s, there was no such thing as a near-death experience. And there was a, a book that I read that my mom actually got me to read called um, Life After Life. And it was by Dr. Raymond Moody, who became a researcher in the whole, the, in the whole realm of near-death experiences. So when I read that book, I realized, oh my gosh, I had a near-death experience. And my guide took me to the other side where we reside for all eternity. And what I saw was only a small portion of what life is like over there. It was, it was like, um, it was kind of like being on a college campus where he took me to these different buildings where we learn different things and experience different things. But the other side is, is vast, just like earth. And there's no, on the other side, there's no pollution, there's no war, there's no starvation, there's no homelessness, there's no poverty. It's almost like if you could imagine what Earth would be like, perfect. That's what it's like on the other side. We, we choose what we want to become in life. So what about people that comes to life blind, deaf, deformed, or people that comes to life and their life is just miserable from their from, from time they are born. 
to the time they die. How do you explain that? That's something that I I have wondered too. Even before I had my near death experience, I I wanted to understand that also. Here here's the best way that I can describe it, and I only have a small portion of the story. There's so much more that I just didn't have a chance. I didn't have enough time to ask all these different questions that I would have asked now. But the reason people come into life with different problems, like maybe they came in to be to be blind, maybe they were born without legs, maybe they um, were born into poverty. Why would someone choose that? And actually, in actuality, we really do choose the things we want to experience. So, if a person came into a lifetime to be blind, they actually did that. That's something that they charted, that they chose. And the reason is because we learn when we have to go through tough times. Now, that's not everybody. Not everybody comes here to go through tough times. But Earth, Earth is the hardest of all the planets. They told me it's the hardest of all the different worlds. So people come here with the sole purpose of learning. So when you come into a lifetime. With a person who doesn't have legs, or like you mentioned, someone who's blind, they did actually choose that. Now that's on a very surface level. There's so much more involved that I didn't have time to look at. But we do chart. We do chart the different things that we come into. And if you look back on your own life, because I, I had a hard time understanding that. Why would somebody come into a lifetime to be blind? Why would someone? Why would somebody come into a lifetime of? Of abject poverty, that the reason is, is only for learning, to develop and to grow, and sometimes, a person might come into a lifetime and have disabilities, to help someone else learn. So it, it just depends on the development of the soul, because everybody is on is in different areas of development. Because learning, learning never ends; it never stops. We continually to evolve and continue to learn. But the best way we learn is when we go through something. Like if you go through a, a breakup in a relationship, you learn a lot from that. You learn a lot from different types of tribulations and trials. So, from what I came back with, the reason why we come into the, these different types of hardships. Is to learn.、Uh, so how how did your how did your end your end change your life at that particular period? The biggest thing for me, I think, was that I was given this tremendous sense of hope. I always believed when I was even when I was a little kid, when my grandmother died, she died when I was eleven, and I remember. Thinking, how was it possible that everything that she became, her sense of humor, her the things that she loved, the kind of person that she was, how could that just end? And my near-death experience taught me that life never really ends. There is a a quote from a Native American Indian. His name was Chief Seattle. And he said, 
death, he said, there is no death, only a changing of worlds. And that's exactly what, that's true. There is no death. And I think my NDE gave me that sense of hope that no matter what happens to you on earth, it's not going to be forever. Nobody really dies. When a, when a person dies, they just go back home again, where we're from. So that's what I learned the most. That's, that's what changed my life the most was the knowing that when your parents die or you lose a child, some horrible event, that it's not the end. On the other side, life is eternal. And we just come into lifetimes on these different planets to learn and to grow, but that life never really ends. So that was what I took the most was the, was the sense of tremendous, tremendous hope.